I want to do two things. There's two types of people in life, and it was interesting, but you'll remember, I thought it would be nice to, to get um, a research report done on the church by an outside body. And some time ago, about a month, I think it was, I can't remember when it was now, must have been two months ago, we filled in forms. How many remember that, filling in forms? Okay. Visitors filled in forms, people filled in forms, and we took a snapshot of the church. You could only take a snapshot because it was one uh, time, and, and the results are quite interesting. Now, this is from a totally independent research, and I wanted to know, well, what's the church like? What's its health like? I wanted to look at the survey and, and look at the things that are clear and I thought it'd be nice we had the independent survey by the UK Christian Research. In the age groups that we are, uh, hello, we are, there we are, you'll notice that from, and it should be up on all your screens, from 0 to 20, uh, in the red are the normal English churches, and in the blue is Penile. And you'll notice that um, we've got a good number of young people, more than would be expected in the ages of 20, 30s, and 40s. Now, in the normal churches, there's the little Sunday school that puts it a bit out of proportion, and then you'll discover that most churches have a predominance of old people, 70 plus and 60 to 69. Penal doesn't. Now, it doesn't mean that we ignore old people, but do you know, if you take the national average of people in the community who are old, we conform to what is normal in society in our percentages. Most English churches don't. In other words, you just get older people going and um, the predominance is old people. It shouldn't be that way because when you go out in society, the predominance of society isn't old people. And so you'll find that 44% of those attending are aged 20 to 44. Unusual amongst English churches generally. Another thing is gender. That means male and female, for those who don't know. <coughs> uh, the male percentage is much higher than for English churchgoers as a whole. Penal has 48% male, almost equal to the general population, which is 49%, whereas English churches generally are 60% female. In other words, there's a lot more women going to church, old women, than men. Because you'll notice it's mainly at the top end. All right? So far, you're with me. The proportions of men are consistent across all ages. Again, unusual for an English church. Marital status. The proportions of single men and single women are equal. Most churches, single women outnumber single men. 
Now, I didn't write this. This is a factual, statistic thing. That means that in our church, the single women have a better opportunity <laughs> getting married uh, than in the average church where men are scarce and young men are a rarity. Okay? Uh, academic link with a re relatively high employment status, that means we don't have unemployed, is a relatively high level of educational achievement. Such high levels of professional ability mean a good quality of leadership. Then you go to the frequency of attendance. And if you look, you'll see on normal churches and then on penile. Uh, Penal's level of commitment is probably higher than any other church in the country, according to them. <laughs> Even in new churches, which have the highest level of weekly church going, the figures are still far below penile. These percentages did not vary by age group or gender. Often old-timers, people who have been coming for many years, tend to inhibit new people. This does not happen at Penal, where one in 20 have started in the last year. By comparison with other churches, this is a high percentage. Over 20% of those in their 20s have been in Penal all their life. Such biological growth in church life is becoming increasingly rare. Similarly, Penal reaches older people as well, again a feature not present in many churches. 75% of people at Penal have a strong sense of belonging, which is three times the average for other churches. In other words, only 25% in most churches feel they really belong to the church. Now, I didn't write this. This is a report written by Christian research, okay? Nothing to do with us. You fill the forms in. Why? Well, I didn't see what you wrote. I didn't alter them afterwards either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see them. Okay, um, let's go on to the next one. How you came to Penile. Very interesting to note how people come. It surprised me when I looked at it Note the enormous number of people who have come through personal invitation. It was true in every age group. It was personal invitation to the church that bought the majority of people. Then you've got um, advertising, which is a small percentage, the trumpet call, uh, the pastor, and some people grew up in the church. But it's amazing, basically, it's personal invitation to friends, to business acquaintances. That's what brings the majority of new people. Um, and I believe that's the way it should be. Uh, other reasons um, given, uh, which were in the other thing, were seeing miracles, uh, visited a bishop read to another church, curiosity, and seeing the church on television. 
What people value most about the church? They were asked and they could give three responses to it. It's interesting, Bible teaching was 90% of people said one of the most important factors in the church was Bible teaching. The second most important factor was a pastor. He <laughs> didn't do as well as Bible teaching um, because he did the Bible teaching. The third was the presence of God. It's interesting, those pastor and presence of God are virtually equal. 33% uh, said it was the fam friendly atmosphere, 30% uh, the caring congregation, 27% uh, Penal Academy, the school. Interesting, Bible teaching became the most predominant thing in people's view. And then asked about their faith. 94% said they'd grown in faith and 44% said there'd be much growth. 53% now attend as often as they did in 1996 and 42% more frequently. It's interesting when you look at it, 94% have grown in faith uh, and they say it's due to the teaching, to the Sunday worship and answers to prayer. 53% attending now as regularly as they did in 19, um, 1996, 42% uh, said they came more frequently and it was due to deeper commitment, good teaching and enjoyment of church. 85% read the Bible at least once a week, 30% said daily, 98% have been baptized in water. I like that. Uh, that is facts. Now, as I said, I didn't write it, it's just statistical facts. These says the report, are the external manifestations of a robust, charismatic church, strong in teaching and commitment to a personal faith which is expressed both privately and openly. People are growing in faith, attending church more frequently, and enjoying their Christianity. There is clearly a very high level of belief, much higher than in most other evangelical churches. This doubtless reflects not only the strong biblical teaching, but also the high levels of Bible reading and willingness to share one's faith. It's interesting. 88% looked on the pastor as being an educator. That means teaching people about the Christian faith. That's the most important thing for a pastor. 71% and you had three options here. 71% he had to be an evangelist, helping others to find faith in Christ. And 53% visionary, providing inspiration and direction to the church. Then 26% the visiting, counseling and helping people. Uh, an equipper, training others in the use of their um, God-given gifts. 
Uh, community leader was only 12%, taking that to role in local community life. Most people felt, uh, and that bears relationship to the fact that we're a Bible-based church and 90% came because of the Bible teaching. Obviously, a pastor should be an educator, bringing people to a knowledge of the Christian faith. Uh, that's what showed up in the survey in your answers. Interesting. Uh, then we go to the Penal children, seven to ten year olds. 100% come to church every week, they better. <laughs> now this was amazing. 100% enjoyed the teaching, they better. And 100% liked the hymns and songs. The comment by the, the people who did the survey was, here is a group of young children, already reasonably mature in their faith, their life and witness, who enjoy their church and its leaders, its teaching and worship, and have many friends there, and wish other friends to share their experience. There are very few churches in England with a groups of such contented and understanding children. I think that's nice. Now, now I didn't write this. This is an independent survey, but I like I like what it says, you know. And I'm not just reading the best bits, I'm reading it. You can read, I've got the whole report here. Um, but you can read it and you'll find the whole thing. I've just picked out things. Uh, Penal young people, that's the 11 to 14 year olds. 100% come to church every week, they're better. 100% have a strong sense of belonging and 100% believe they have grown in their faith over the last year. And the comments by the survey looking at all the questions were, Penal's young people like the pastors and leaders. All attend church as much now as five years ago. All said the pastor or leader is available to help them. Their faith has grown in the past year mainly through the preaching. These are an especially important group of young people and by comparison with most other English churches, very unusual. I like that. Hey, well, you know, blessed is he that tooteth his horn, for verily, if he tooteth it not, he won't get tooted. And the conclusions, we've got mature believing young people. The children and young people who attend Penal are markedly different from the majority of such in other English churches and would suggest that the policy of integration of children in the services and throughout the church is not only important for the church but vitally important for their faith and well-being. In other words, what we do that so many people criticize in having the children in the meetings, he says is one of the best things we could do. Well, why don't other churches do it? Because they're dumb stupid. A church profile which matches the population. 
The proportion of people at different ages, genders, and marital statuses is broadly as in the population at large, showing that Penal is reaching people of all types and that its mix of people is normal. Now, it's the mix of people that's normal, <laughs> not the people who come. Just want to make that plain, in case some of you feel you're normal. This is far from the case for many churches in Britain. An important linkage between church and school. The reinforcement of teaching between church and school enables a firm belief system to develop, as shown in the higher percentages of creedal belief between young people and adult churchgoers. The regularity and commitment are intertwined at Penal. Most of those attending Penal come every week, and most have a firm commitment to the church. This practice has been in place for many years, and the results in a majority feeling a strong sense of belonging to the church. Half of the church is attending now as much as it did five years ago, and most of the rest more frequently. In personal relationships, the key for growing congregations. Most have started attending Penal through a personal invitation from a friend or relative. There is also a high level of willingness to bring people to a service. 75% have their closest friends in the congregation. The teaching at Penal is of vital importance. Meetings and sermons are regarded as a key factor for a person's growth in faith whether they are adult or young persons. Virtually everyone finds the preaching always or mostly inspiring and informative. Seminars are also important to many. Private faith is secure. Most of those attending Penal are willing to talk about their faith and believe they exert a positive Christian witness. Their beliefs are strong and the majority read the Bible privately at least once a week. Actually, all have been baptized in water as believers, and a high satisfaction level. The level of pastoral care received was exceptionally high, as the senior leadership was seen to be almost always available. The ideal pastor was seen to be an educator, evangelist, and visionary, who inspires others to action but also takes charge as necessary. And that was the survey. And they said, we're a pretty healthy church. In fact, uh, he wrote down that one, one of the conclusions, questions, was this. What am I doing to, um, let me just read it out. The trumpet call may be one of the mechanisms for reaching out to others, but should other ways be considered? Penal is a success. Could not other churches in needy Britain benefit from his, its experience? Well, I suppose they could. But, heck, what, what have we got to do? I mean, most churches out there don't want to know. So, what can you do? But we have pastors' meetings, we have conferences, we reach out to people. But 
People don't want to know, they don't want to know. But we are what we are, and we're here to stay and grow. And it's healthy. Uh, the report did worry about what would happen when I died. Well, I hope you'll bury me. But it's a wonderful report. Everything was healthy. Uh, they were wondering, you know, am I preparing a successor? Well, I'm not about to die, I don't think. But if I do, well, God will take care of his church because it's his church. And that's the way it should be. I think this nonsense about, you know, who's the heir apparent. I don't know. Anyway, um, they, they say that when you get, um, you can only reach the people of your own age group. Uh, this survey proves that's totally false. Uh, great video to get hold of. Jesus said, I will build my church. If you haven't got a copy, get one. And um, if you've got people you don't like, send them a copy. It'll upset them. Um, yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. I want to talk about something. Um, like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided. And one of the things the devil does is he lies. You know, the devil is the father of lies. And the strongholds of Satan are in the mind. He's come to influence your mind and get between your ears and bring you down. That's what the devil does. That's his operation. And you need to understand it because in this day and age, 25 years we might have been going, but I'm fully aware that the devil's not dead. And there are people who give themselves over to lies. It always has happened, always will happen, and God wants us to be aware of what a lie is. And if you turn with me to Numbers, chapter 13, Numbers chapter 13. And if you have ears to hear this, hear it. And if you think I'm getting at someone, I am. You. I want you to understand the truth of God because I don't intend to say, well, it's 25 years, let's pack up and go home. There's another 25 years to go. And I will only be old. Uh, can't work it out in 25. What? 84. And, and I've just been with Oral Roberts. And for those that weren't here, Oral Roberts will be preaching at the graduation of May, he's specially come because I'm receiving my doctorate and Richard is, he's promised to come and be the preacher at um, our, our whatever it is, um, commencement in uh, May. And so the choir are going to be singing at that time. They've been invited to lead the worship and also to sing. Um, 
at the graduation. It's going to be a great time. And who better to preach than our dear friend Oral Roberts, who will be 85 by then. Uh, tremendous man of God, proved himself. He's got his critics, but then the critics have never done anything. It's amazing how many critics never do anything. I'm talking about in terms of God. Numbers 13, verse 25, talking of the children of Israel, they sent spies into the land. The inheritance God had promised, they spent, sent spies in, and they returned from searching the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel. And at the end of the verse, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong, that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. You know, it's amazing. Moses sent spies out and he said, look, Go and have a look. God's got an inheritance. Go and have a look. Now, I've got news for you. It's amazing that 12 people could go in and could look at the same facts and see it totally differently. The facts weren't any different. There was either an attitude where there was going to be a negative attitude and a negative response or a positive response, but the attitude was what governed their report. Ten of them turned round and said, just a minute. And all they could see were the problems. Now they bought back the fruit of the land. They said it's a land that flows with milk and honey. They said there was a lot of benefits, but the one thing they did, they didn't like the cost to get the land. 
They didn't want to pay the price to get what God had given them. And they left out of the reckoning God altogether. They used their human reason, their human understanding, their human involvement, and they said, look here, there's giants in the land, they've got walled cities. Everything they said was true. Everything, except for one thing. They said, we're as grasshoppers in the sight of those people. That wasn't true. You'll find out when they finally got into the land 40 years later that the people in Jericho said the moment we heard the children of Israel were the other side of Jordan, our hearts failed us for fear. We heard what had happened to the Egyptians, we heard what had happened with the plague, we heard everything. I want to tell you something, the devil's in trouble. Why? We're in the earth. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. The devil quakes and hell's foundations quake when the church of God understands what Jesus Christ has done. But always in the church you've got the negative people. Are you going to be a negative force or a positive force? And ten of the spies, we aren't able to do it. Look, in life, if you rely on your own strength and your own ability, you're not a Christian, you're just a humanist, maybe claiming Christ. The fact is, by God's power, and we stand in the power of his might, we're more than conquerors. The fact is that all the things that seem so wrong for the negative person can be so right for the others. I hear people make negative reports. People have said to me negative things. I know people go around, they say negative things. They do. There's some people with a gift for tearing down and trying to destroy. They've got a gift for it. They haven't got a gift for much else. My Bible says, love of money is the root of all evil. You've got to see where a man's heart is and then you'll know where his treasure is and then you'll know whether he's going after God or not. I would rather have a man who was after God than a man who was after this world's goods. I'll tell you why, because this world's goods is going to perish. I'd rather have a person who had eternal values than one who had temporal values, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Now all these children of Israel looked at the land and they said, Hey! It's a good land. Look, verse 27. We came unto the land whither thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, 
And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless. In life you'll always get people who can complain. They'll always have good reasons for their complaint. They'll always have a logical reason. And actually there's a lot of truth in what they say. There was truth in the fact that the cities were walled. There was truth in the fact that the enemies were there. There was truth in the fact they were giants. In fact, everything they said was true except for the fact that the citizens of those cities quaked with fear. They knew they had lost before the battle began. And the devil knows he's lost. But the fools that believe the devil's lies, they go down, always. That's the way life is. You've got the people that live by faith and you've got the rest. Now there are only two who had a different spirit. And you better make sure the pastor has a different spirit. Otherwise you go nowhere. What builds a church is basically the vision of the pastor. Whatever way you slice the pie, that's the way it is. If someone doesn't build the work, it's because the person in the pulpit's got a problem. Because in the end, the one who's going to teach the word of God and lead the people has got to be the pastor. Uh, a church has never been a democracy, it's a theocracy. That's it. The word of God's the touchstone. Amen? Hello? Now you say, well, it's all logical what you see. Sure. In fact, if someone gave you those reasons, I'll tell you what it did to the congregation. They all began to quake with fear. They all said, oh, we can't do it. And all the congregation, chapter 14, verse 1, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against the Abe. Who gets the blame? when you get a moaner. Who do they accuse? The pastor. Fantastic job, isn't it? Huh? You know, it's always the pastor's fault when things go wrong, but while everything's going right, you know, well, you know, God's blessing us. And all the children of, of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would God we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. You know, I, it, 
It's amazing how that's how churches divide. Over 25 years we've never had a church division and we never will. See? We never have, we never will. I'll tell you why not. Because they always try and appoint a captain. You'll always get an Absalom who'll sit and try and find the discontents. But there's only 1% of people that don't like what's going on in the church. I know. I got it from this report. The people of God want what God wants. They aren't after what they want for themselves, they're after what God wants. The people that are after what is good for themselves are selfish, self-centered individuals who love money and love this world's good and serve mammon and not God and are frauds. And they'll bring an evil report because that's where their heart and nature is, that's where their spirit is, and it's devilish. And you soon know who they are, because you get near them and listen to what comes out of their mouth. It's one thing I bless God for. For all the years the church has been going, I, I think it was Carolyn and Peter joined us, uh, 23 years ago, nearly 24 years ago. I'll tell you something, I'd rather have a person alongside me with the heart of Peter than someone who was so smart and clever. Why? Because I value the heart of a man more than their supposed abilities. I'm not saying Peter hadn't got abilities. He has. He <laughs> He chose a wonderful wife. <laughs> and that was the smartest thing he did. I chose a wonderful wife and that was the smartest thing she did. <laughs> but that's what makes things right. You say, well, hey, anyone can say, well, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that. I tell you what, our, our senior pastors, I wouldn't change them for anyone. I could trust my life to them. And not many others that can say that. I can go, I can travel around the world, I can do what God's called me to do, and I know they'll be faithful. And that's one thing, in 25 years, I can stand before God and say, thank God for the people God's given us. Don't think this church came just because of me, it didn't. God brought the right people along at the right time, and I thank God for them. I'm grateful for every single person. I'm grateful for the way Peter and Carolyn have been with us, and Meadry has been there. I mean, what would one do without Meadry in the back office? I used to ring her up, I used to ring up Penal and say, when Benson was in the car with me, Benson Ederhoser, we were traveling, I'd ring up Penal and say, can you put me through to the old girl in the back office? And Benson used to say to me, I know who you're after. 
It's the old girl in the back office, isn't it? I said, yeah, it's Meadry. You know, you can't get anyone more faithful. Has she ever made mistakes? Yeah, but not as many as me. Because that's why I'm a pastor. I made more mistakes more quickly than anyone else, and God looked at me and said, there's a man with experience. That's how you become a pastor. I thank God for the people around us. <coughs> I really do. God is faithful, brings people along. How he got you here is a mystery. Why you stay is a greater mystery. And I, I just am amazed how faithful God has been. And then there's Sheila, I can't even see her, she's vanished. She, oh, she's there. She normally is back there. She runs the choir. And I remember her starting off and she said, I can't do it. Can't do it. It's not a bad choir, is it? I think it's fantastic. I, you know, Richard says there's no better choir he's seen anywhere in the world. So does uh, Charles Green, who I was with last weekend at his church. No better choir. Let's give him a big hand. They're a good choir. You know? I tell you what, you take it for granted, but they work hard, they come, they practice hard, and, and I just thank God for them. Because it makes preaching easy. It, when you've got musicians. The musicians, God sent us the right musicians. God sent us the people we need. All the time. You know, there's something about people who are of faith. They see the positive side of things, but the people that never get anywhere in God are the people that can only bad mouth and see the negative. They bring an evil report. It's interesting what happened to those ten spies. Let's go on. You know, there's a lot of people with lots of excuses. You know, the only reason anyone's a failure in life is because they refuse to work and do what God says. That's how they fail. They might make all sorts of excuses, but the real problem is themselves. In the end, there's only two people in the transaction, God and you, and God's not wrong. So guess who is? Well, who's left? Who's left? Who? Me. Who? Me. That's right. So if things are wrong in your life, it's not God who's let you down. It's you who's let God down. Then Moses and Aaron fell, verse 5 of 14, fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, 
And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defences departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Now that's the eyes of faith. It didn't mean there weren't walled cities. It didn't mean there weren't giants. It didn't mean there weren't strong people, but the eyes of faith saw different to the eyes of unbelief and murmuring. Two men stood up, and what a different report there was. Listen, your facts might be right, but your spirit is wrong. I hear so many people turn around and say, oh, you know, the devil's over the country. No, he's not. My God is in control. Oh, things are getting worse and worse. No, they're not. Things are getting better. God is on my side. 10,000 might fall at my side, but it's not coming near me. God is well able. My God is my source. My God is my strength. My God is my keeper. You see, they had God in their perspective. Do you notice the difference between the complainers and the negative grumblers was one issue only their perspective and perception of God. In their life, they saw God as everything. Their God was everything. God is able to give us this land. It's an exceedingly fruitful land. It's a wonderful place. And then they brought into perspective everything by what they saw through their God. Not what they saw through their mind and their intelligence and their smartness and their cunning and their devilish ways and their greed. No, what they saw through God. That was it. And they were people of faith. Joshua and Caleb, mighty men of faith. All the congregation wailing and moaning. I tell you what, it takes one little complainer to set a lot of people off. There's always people like that. Do you know, I went out last night, beautiful weather out there it was went out to the firework display. I don't think I've ever seen such a firework display in my life. What a great one. I'll tell you, for a tenor, it was fantastic. Boy, what a display. 
I thought it lit up Brentwood. At least they know we're here. You know, wow. And then I came in and I haven't tasted better hot dogs. I needed a hot dog by the time I'd watched the fireworks. In fact, I had two. And that's all I'm confessing to. <laughs> a hot dog with tomato sauce. After that, that is what you need. And I looked round and I thought, God is good. Celebrate 25 years with a bang. <laughs> Glory to God. I tell you, I enjoyed it. I really did. I looked and I thought, that was worthy <coughs> of 25 years to celebrate. You say, well, you know, well, how much did it cost? My God is my provider. Amen? I know there's some miserable people there. Well, you know, you shouldn't do that. Shouldn't you don't need to celebrate? Why don't? Why not celebrate? I, I think we need a firework display just for this this report, so everyone knows it's come out. I, I think it's great. I didn't write it. They set the test, not us. They set the questions. You answered them. They did the statistics. To 14. If the Lord delight in us. Do you know, that's the problem with people. If God doesn't delight in you, you're knackered. Now you can blame it on anything else, but your problem's with God. Do you know, the report you bring out of your mouth, you better make sure it's true. Never lie. And you better make sure you've got God in your perspective. And you better make sure God delights in you. That's what a Christian is. A Christian is one who goes God's way and has surrendered his own will to God's will. He's surrendered his life to God's way. He's made a choice to embrace the cross. He's made a choice to deny himself. He's made a choice to live for Jesus Christ. That is a Christian. If you haven't done that and you haven't put Christ first in every area of your life, you are not a Christian, or you're not living a Christian life. These people got it all out of perspective. Oh, they had abilities, but those abilities weren't any good when it came to facing life's issues. They had everything out of perspective. I meet a lot of people like that. What did the congregation do? Only, verse 9, only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us, and their defences departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Hey, they haven't got a defence against us. They've had it. 
totally had it. You know, when I, when I was over at the Regents meeting, I, I was asked to pray. I'd listen to one or two praying. They were binding the devil and rebuking the devil. And they asked me to pray. I said, well, God, I just thank you that we're here and the devil's in trouble. Everyone went quiet. I said, we stand in the power of his might. Glory to God. We're strong in the Lord. We're not apologizing. We're not backing off. I won't back off. You'll never get me to back down. Not one inch will I back down. Know this. I will not ever back down because my God is with me. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them, and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. What a promise. I remember years ago when God impressed me to move from Brentwood to, uh, from Onga to Brentwood. I remember standing up in the uh, Budworth Hall in the upstairs room. I remember the very meeting when I said it. Well, I know where I'm going. I'm going to Brentwood. Those that want to come with me, come with me. That's it. I know what God said. That's what we do. And we did. Didn't lose many. Church grows. It doesn't get smaller. That's the way a church grows. So, well, if you drive people away, doesn't it get... No, it gets bigger. Because you see, the people that are left become more diligent to serve the Lord more faithful in the truths of God and therefore everything grows. It does exactly the reverse of what you expect. Verse God says, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went and his seed shall possess. How about that? He had what? Another spirit. Glory to God. There was something about Caleb and Joshua. He had another spirit. But look at this. And hath followed me fully. Now all he did was report back but he put it in God's perspective instead of man's perspective he understood what God saw facts were the same the perspective with which he saw it was different he had another spirit so when he reported he reported it according to God's view not man's view. Man's views not relevant in God's kingdom. 
He followed the Lord fully. See, Caleb was submitted to God. He wanted God's way. The others, they wanted their way. They were after what they could get, not what God wanted. That's always the way with people. You can tell which people are faith people and which people aren't by what their motive is and what they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish. Then you know what spirit they're of. Watch out. If someone's got the wrong spirit, don't have anything to do with them. If they want to murmur and go their own way and build their own thing, let them do it. Don't get involved with them. Keep away from them. Break off your fellowship with them. Let them know you're not going to have anything to do with it because you want to follow God. Go with them and you'll go to their destruction and you'd see what their destruction was very quick. In verse 36, And the men which Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land. Now just a minute, the slander that they brought upon the land was true, but out of perspective because they left God out of it. Even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. There's a speedy end to some. You've got to make up your mind who you're going to serve. Make up your mind, you're going to have the spirit that says, hey, God has been faithful to us for 25 years, glory to God. I thank God for all the reports on the young people. What God's done in our school. I tell you, I thank God for, for the fact that someone like um, uh, Tom Matthew, when he came over and he took our young people's camp, he said he had never been with a group of young people like it who actually wanted to listen and learn. I came amongst you said I was just shocked at the difference and I said well don't expect that to be the difference in every church in England it isn't and that's what the Christian report says you know it's exceptional so it should be we're Christians amen and there are people here who follow the Lord fully And we're celebrating 25 years. And we'll celebrate another 25 years. This is an inheritance for my children's children. I've got grandchildren. They're going to have the benefit of what's built. They're going to enjoy the fullness of it. Why? Because it's God's promise. And I keep God to his promise and I believe God's promise. And nothing's going to deflect me from it. And it's the same for you. It's what we're part of. Don't ever let people pull down your faith. Don't let people come with evil reports. There might be truth in it, but it's a lie. 
because they've left God out of the perspective you know lots of people complained about Moses oh Moses he married the wrong woman oh Moses who made you a ruler who made you a leader Moses you know it's amazing how people can criticize the leadership not just me others in the leadership you find fault no one's perfect God is perfect I'm me now God lives in me and it's by his power but he put this power and this grace and this gift in an earthen vessel if you don't like the earthen vessel tough the earthen vessel is the earthen vessel that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us you might say well you know I wish he would change well I'm not going to change God's going to change me maybe one day I'll be nice to you <laughs> but I would so far rather have someone who was straight down the line and you knew where you stood than someone who's smarmy sweet to your face and stabbed you in the back, wouldn't you? You know? And if there is an issue, I'll face you up. Sometimes eyeball to eyeball. Nose to nose, I don't care. But you stand and speak against God and you're in trouble. You defy the living God and wait to see what happens to you, phone. You'll find out. That's the way it is. That's life. Can you imagine those ten spies came back? Why did they bring that evil report? <coughs> I'll tell you why, because they served themselves and not God. Caleb wholly fo followed the Lord. Difference in life is the people that are takers who take for themselves and givers who lay down their life for Christ. That's just the difference. The takers and the givers. Ten takers, two givers. Doesn't matter what miracle you see, you'll try and explain it away. Doesn't matter what God does, you'll try and find fault. Doesn't matter how things happen, you'll always have a nasty word to say because that's just spin you put on everything. Well, a plague be upon you. And then those of faith stand up and say, hey. I look back on 25 years and I thank God. Thank God for the victories. Did we win everyone? No. 
Did everyone get healed? No. Did everyone get saved? No. They didn't. Some came in and they went out because they were not of us. Glad they left. If they're not of us, they'll go out from us. That's how you know they don't belong. But the people that are of the family of God, they're different. If someone's overtaken in a fault, what are you to do? Restore such a one. But they better be part of the family. Don't try and restore someone who isn't. That'll cause you a lot of grief. God is good. Hmm? You know, when I look at it, I just think of one thing. In verse 7, and they spake unto all the company, this is Joshua and Caleb, the land which we pass through to search it, it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defenses departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. That's the word of faith. Hmm? 25 years we've gone, we can have a great 25 years in future. Amen? And when we put the 50 years certificate up there, I rejoice and we have a great firework display and 50 years and we say, well, we might have less hair. But I'll tell you this, I'll still play golf. I'll still enjoy life. I'll still, you know, I, I'm, I'm not prepared to die. Moses went on to 120. His eye wasn't dim. His strength wasn't abated. And he could still shoot a good score. I want to follow the Lord wholly, don't you? Hey. Don't you ever bring an evil report of anything to me. You bring God's perspective. Don't you ever take an evil report to anyone of our congregation. Bring God's perspective. Don't you pull down, build. Don't you destroy. Don't do the work of the devil. Do the work of Jesus Christ. That's what you're called to do choice, life of faith, life of unbelief. Celebrate 25 years of God's goodness. I know that we can live in the fullness of it. It's a good land we've got, isn't it? It's good what God's done, isn't it? He's been faithful to us time after time, hasn't he? And he'll be faithful all the time, won't he? And we can look forward to the goodness of God because God is good all the time. And for those who want to badmouth people, well, 
you better ask them why the report says something so different. What you see isn't what God sees. I was grateful when I read it last night. I sat there, it only came yesterday, I sat there and I looked through it and I thought, goodness me. And I thought of you people and I thought, hmm. <laughs> and I just thank God. I was so grateful. But most of all, I was grateful for the children. I'm grateful for our young people and grateful for the youth and grateful for the people that have grown up and grateful for the education, grateful for the school. Do you realize the report came out in the Times? If you looked in the Times on the educational, it was the number two supplement. Penile came third in the county for A-level and GCSE. We were the third best school in this county uh, for A-level and GCSE in our results. Now that's a national statistic of all schools, both state and private. We were number three. We should have been number one, and we'll make up next year, but we were number three this year. It was in, on Friday's or Saturday's paper, I can't remember which. Um, they did an educational supplement, and there we were, Penal Academy third best school in Essex out of all the schools in A-level and GCSE. Good result for a school like ours, amen? Other people were paying 12 and 16,000 a year for their pupils. God's been good to us, we've got a good land. I go up to Bryce's Park, I looked at the new building and what you folks have done, and you know the people that have been working on it, I'm so grateful. I was away, come back, see the roofs on, and three quarters of the new building's up there. It's gonna be fantastic for our children. And we've got the other part of the new building to go, and I look, and I just think of the goodness of God. He put us in a good land, didn't he? Gave us good things. Prospered our hand and has caused us to be blessed. And people don't like it. Well, of course they won't. But God's been good. And I want the best for our children. I want the best for our future generations. Why? Because I believe in the best. You can't go anywhere else and find the same thing. And you can't find a better bunch of people. You really can't. 25 years, God's built something nice. And it'll be better and better and better. Make sure you're a builder, not a destroyer.